There are few, if any, other images in the scriptures that tug at our hearts as much as the image of the Good Shepherd. It is certainly one of the oldest and most recognized depictions of Jesus in Christian art. Archaeologists report that the shepherd image of Jesus is found in very, very early excavations in the baptistry of the house in what is today Ephesus. And even though it might seem a little bit sentimental, thanks to some artists showing a smiling shepherd with a lamb in his arms or on his shoulders, when we get into and uncover that image in the scriptures, especially in John's Gospel, there is something more profound there than just a divine babysitter. The 23rd Psalm, of course, from the Old Testament is perhaps the best known of all 150 Psalms. Equally popular across every Christian denomination. It is, of course, in my experience, the most commonly chosen psalm for funeral liturgies, indicating that at that time when we, we feel most in need of comfort and solace, it picks up our spirits. And we can go there in our spiritual imagination and allow the tender embrace of the risen Christ to hold us. The refrain for our psalm today, shepherd me, O God, changes that noun of shepherd into the verb of shepherding. Shepherd me, O God. And so it's not just who Jesus is, it's what he does. In real life, the role of the shepherd is even more dramatic in some situations than what the artistic image might show us. For it is the shepherd who puts their life on the line. It is the shepherd whose task is not only to gather the flock, but to lie down in the doorway of the sheepfold to protect those who are gathered from intruders and predators, charged with leading them also to pastures to places of nourishment and to welcome. In the gospel, of course, the image of shepherd comes with overtones from the prophetic tradition. When many of the prophets chastise the leaders of the time for not being good shepherds and for promising that there would be a time when there would be a good shepherd that would not be a hireling, but one who would care, who would lead, and who would protect, and who would nurture the people of God. The church, of course, has long associated the role of bishops and pastors with that of a shepherd. And this Sunday in the Easter season was known as 
Good Shepherd Sunday, and it was the time for preaching about vocations, and vocation in that time sort of meant vocation to priesthood. But we know, of course, like all of the other images that Jesus uses of himself, the I am statements, the model of his life is so much larger than that. Shepherds are all of those who have responsibilities that imitate Jesus, whether bishop, pastor, or any one of us who sees ourselves as the disciple of Jesus Christ and who takes up the ministry of being Christ to others. In fact, I think every image of Jesus, I am the vine, you are the branches, I am the way, you are the ones who follow the way, I am the truth, you are the ones who hear the truth. All of those images are about who he is and who we are and who he calls us to become. Pope Francis famously used the image of the shepherd in one of his presentations. It was indeed to a group of clergy on actually the first Holy Thursday homily that he preached as Pope. And he chastised them for being sometimes aloof, for being sort of spiritually deaf to the needs of the people of God, making pronouncements and judgments, he said, that sometimes scatter and shut out members of God's people more than welcome or nourish. And he had that line where he said that you have to live with the smell of the sheep, which I, I thought at first, uh, Holy Father, that seems a bit derogatory. But his inference, of course, was that good pastoral leaders, good disciples, are close enough to the people of God to know what their lives are all about. They don't lead by being pompous, but from attitudes of compassion and mercy. Because the image of the shepherd is centered on the whole flock, the whole people of God, an entire community, whether it's local or global, that responsibility falls on us as well. We too are charged with having the shoulders of a good shepherd. For Jesus, this image was always about relationship, about getting inside the hopes and the hurts of all of those whom he encountered, those that he believed the Father had sent him to save and to love, so that in his closing prayer before his death, he could say to the Father, I have lost no one that you have given to me. Within that relationship, the members of the flock of the Good Shepherd, it could be said that the popular characteristics of sheep sometimes are not so flattering. Generally, they're not very resourceful on their own, unable to fend for themselves. They're in constant need of protection. And that's not a bad thing for us. It's a good thing for us. Of course, the analogy limps maybe a little bit, 
But in today's gospel and in other references, Jesus says that the sheep are particularly astute, for they recognize the voice of the shepherd. They recognize the voice of the shepherd, and they know their shepherd to be their friend and trust the shepherd with their life. And they also know who their shepherd isn't. In a real sense, that is there, that is our saving feature. That's what saves them, that's what saves us from harm. What saves us is the voice of the risen Christ, a voice that comes to us as the guide to the way of salvation. Once in a while, we might blurt out, or we might hear someone else say, in a moment of affection and promise, I would do anything for you. I would die for you. Jesus said it. He meant it, and he did it. His tenderness as a good shepherd is the source of his strength, the strength that Peter, in the first reading, and that the psalmist says is his, makes him rather, the cornerstone, the cornerstone of all God's people, the one not only we can rest on, rely on, but we can build on, the one on whom we build our life of faith. And when we fail, like a shepherd, he carries us. That, too, is the good news of this Easter season.